Today we are observing the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels. That would ask you to consider two passages of scripture. One from the book of Revelation, the story of Michael casting the devil out of heaven from Revelation 12. The other from John 13, the words of Jesus spoken at the Last Supper. Start with the words of Jesus. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. For by this, the world will know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. And from Revelation 12, war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but they were defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels thrown down with him. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. I want to talk about the courage to love. Courage to love. But let me back into it. Your bishop, Bishop Mark, and I have been friends for many years, going back to his time serving in Alabama and when I was in North Carolina. And it was during that time when I was about to go on a sabbatical leave uh, after having served seven or eight years um, in North Carolina, the diocese granted me a leave. And so I was getting ready to do that, and your bishop and I had been talking for a while about um, avocational things that I could do that would actually get my mind off of work that would be not only relaxing, but might be beneficial and blessing. And so he talked me into taking up the violin, and I did. And it turned out to be a real blessing for me, maybe not for anyone who heard it, but for me. And so I started taking violin lessons on sabbatical and continued taking my lessons with a wonderful teacher who had taught at Meredith College, a liberal arts school for girls here in Raleigh, North Carolina. She had taught for 50 years and was, and was then retired when she was working with me. One of the things I learned about the violin, and it's true of string instruments, is that without tension on the string, Without tension, there is no music. Now, you can't have too much tension, but you can't have too little. Just the right amount of tension between the ends of the string make it possible when the bow is proper, there's enough tension for there to be music. There is tension between these two texts. A new commandment I give you that you love one another. And there was war in heaven, Michael and the angels against the dragon and his angels. Love, war, nonviolence, violence. There's a tension in these two passages held in the same, the same Holy Scripture. And yet I wanna suggest 
that the tension is not a flat-out contradiction. That would be too much tension. The tension is one that one of my professors in seminary, the late Brevard Child, uh, was the leader of a movement called Canonical Criticism in which he said it's important when interpreting sacred texts to remember that the rabbis included all those texts in what is now the canon um, of the Hebrew Bible and that the church um, included all of these texts in what is the canon of, of the New Testament. That, that, that there is a built-in tension that undoubtedly the framers of our scriptures guided by the Spirit, they knew the tension was there and they left both texts in Holy Scripture. When I look at that tension and look more deeply, I think I can see it. Jesus, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. He says it in John's gospel at the Last Supper. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple, my disciple, that you have love for one another. At the Last Supper in John, chapters 13 through 17, um, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Um, as in John, at the Last Supper, chapters 13 through 17, a remarkable set of passages where Jesus is giving his disciples what, he, what they need to know when he's not with them physically anymore. He says to them, greater love has no one than this, but that they give up their life for their friends, and I have called you friends. Love. Love as Judas slithers out of the room. Love. Love as Peter would soon deny him in spite of his protestations. Love. When he's arrested in a garden. Love. When he's pulled off his knees by soldiers. Love. When he's tried unjustly and convicted of crimes he never committed, love. When he's tortured, love. When he carries a cross, love. And those hands that only healed are nailed to wood, love. His mama watches him die. Love, woman, behold your son, behold your mother. Love, when it is finished, and he gives up the ghost. Love, when they put him in his mama's arms. Love, when a rich man, Joseph of Arimathea, buries him in his tomb. And love, when the earth would quake days later. Love, when God would raise him from the dead. Love, when he would appear to his followers, peace be with you, love. But then in Revelation, there was war in heaven. Michael and the angels fighting against the dragon and his angels, and then they kicked the dragon and his angels out of heaven and kick him down to earth. What's going on there? Raymond Brown, the late Raymond Brown, a Roman Catholic, uh, a biblical scholar, a Johannine scholar, in one of his books talks about the Johannine communities, the communities that, that trace their, uh, Christian communities that trace their origin to the teachings of, of John possibly the author of the gospel, we don't know, but certainly the, the gospel itself and then three epistles, 
first, second, and third John, and possibly even the book of Revelation, while they may or may not be the same individual John, they probably arose out of a common community that traced its origins to the understandings of Jesus that, that John held. And that in that, those collections of works, if you look at the gospels, love is the cornerstone of, of Jesus's teachings in John's gospel. And it gets picked up again in the epistles in first John chapter four, beloved, let us love one another because love is of God. And those who love are born of God and know God. Why? Because God is love. And yet the book of Revelation is seen as having come out of those same communities. What is the relationship between a gospel of love and a book with war in heaven? If you look back, the book of Revelation may well date from, clearly dates from a period of persecution, whether it was the period under the emperor Domitian or the period of the emperor Nero, we're not sure. But it was a period of persecution. And those who stood for love, those who dared to follow Jesus in his way of unselfish, sacrificial love that works and seeks the good and the welfare and the well-being of others, when a community that was built around this love, Raymond Brown says, this community was fashioned around love, and these were churches where men and women were equals. These were churches where slave and free were equals. These were churches that actually lived out the egalitarian teachings of the kingdom of God, of the beloved community. That's what these Johannine communities were, and they were being persecuted by the empire of Rome and the book of Revelation was composed to tell them hold on hold on you are in a struggle you are in a struggle for good hold on not with the weapons of hate not with the weapons of violence but with the weapon of love with the ways of love that can change and transform our jangling discords and our disconnects with one another into as Dr. King said a glorious symphony of beauty of hope of beloved community hold on with the discipline of a soldier hold on with the courage of a soldier hold on in the cause of truth because in the end love's gonna win if you read further in the passage from revelation after the devil is kicked out of heaven the text then says then i heard a loud a loud voice from heaven saying rejoice you heavens and those who dwell in them but woe to the earth and to the sea for the devil has come down to you with great wrath check this out because he knows his time is short hatred will not last forever violence will not last forever injustice will not last forever wrong will not last forever james russell lowell um, 
who was part of the abolitionist movement in the 19th century, um, James Russell Lowell, um, who, who, who lived through the Civil War, James Russell Lowell, who saw the indignities and injustice of the Spanish-American War, was someone who fought and labored for the causes that were right. And even in days when he wasn't sure if right would be might, if right could win the day, he wrote these words, and I quote, truth may forever be on the scaffold. Wrong may forever be on the throne, but that scaffold that sways the future and behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. Courage to love. That's what Revelation was trying to teach. The courage to love. That's what we see in Jesus courage to love that's what we are called to as his followers Charles Marsh in his book on the civil rights movement and its spirituality and theology at one point says this and I quote Jesus began the most revolutionary movement in all of human history it was a movement of people who were committed to Jesus and his way of love. And that way of love transformed their lives and it transformed the world around them. And my friends, what Jesus and his way of love did in the first century can continue to do now in the 21st century, in spite of odds, in spite of opposition, in spite of injustice, in spite of wrong, in spite of what we often see in front of us, in spite of it all. Love's going to win. And we must summon the courage to love. One of my favorite books that I periodically pick up and reread was Paul Tillich's The Courage to Be, written with uh, lectures that he gave years ago, um, I think in the early 1960s. And in that book, he talks about faith and the courage to be. And he says, faith and the courage to be. Faith is not the absence of doubts or uncertainties. It's not even sometimes clenching your fist and raising it to heaven. It's not even um, the absence of frustration with the way things are. He said, no, 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 no. Faith is the courage to be in spite of what you can see. Faith is the courage to hope in spite of hopeless situations. Faith is the courage to be in, in spite of the odds being against you, in spite of all of the evidence that you can see. Faith is the courage to hold on to love in spite of hatred. Hold on to compassion in spite of the desire to greed. And the courage to love the courage of life. Mahatma Gandhi said it this way, I regard myself as a soldier, a soldier of peace, for I know the value of discipline, the value of love, of truth, and the power of love. I'm doing this sermon on Wednesday at the very hour that the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, her body has been carried by some of her law clerks 
into the rotunda of the Supreme Court where the words equal justice under law are inscribed above the temple. There was someone who dared to live a life not for self alone, but for others. That's love. There is a life of one who was willing to stand up when others would sit down. That's love. There was one who did not take up the sword, but took up the pen, took up the argument, took up the cause. Even before it was popular or safe to do so, dared to be a woman and take her place in the councils of law. There was a woman who showed the way. And but a few weeks before, I saw another casket. Like Ruth Bader Ginsburg's draped in an American flag. That one was carried in a caisson with horses carrying it. And that one crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And that one carried the body of the late Congressman John Lewis. There was another one who stood not for self alone, but for others who believed and said that love is the way to save us all. For love is the mother of justice. Love is the mother of compassion. Love is the mother of equality. There was John Lewis. There is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And now, oh, I, there must be some rejoicing up in heaven because the saints have gathered in those who stood the test of time, those who did not hate, but stood for what was loving, what was just, what was humane, what was decent, what was kind, what was meant for us all. We too like them, like saints who have gone before, like the Jesus whom we followed, must take up the cross of hardship and sometimes suffering and follow in the footsteps in the way of love. And fear not, fear not, because in the end, Love's gonna win. Though the cause of evil prosper, yet tis truth alone is strong. Though her portion be a scaffold, and upon the throne be wrong, yet that scaffold that sways the future 
and behind the dim unknown standeth God keeping what? above his own walk together children and don't you get weary because Ruth Bader Ginsburg John Lewis C.T. Vivian and a host of others don't you get weary because there's a great camp meeting in the promised land amen